there, I'm Jade. And I'm Josh. And on this episode of Our Taste is Trash, we reviewed the sequel to the requel, Scream 6, discussed the TikTok congressional hearings, and talked the disappointing Pornhub documentary. So remember to rate, review, and follow wherever you listen. Stick around. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of Our Taste is Trash. I'm Josh. And I'm Jade. And Jade, uh, is your TikTok is full of the congressional hearings that have happened earlier last week uh, as mine is i feel like it's just on everyone's feed right yeah absolutely it's a universal experience like you can't not be on tiktok well, and because tiktok's like hey look at oh, this thing look that, at this fucking shit that we had to deal with <laughs> i mean you know what always blows my mind and even we'll get to mark zuckerberg in a second because i feel like his name has to come up <laughs> but like you know what always blows my mind in these congressional hearings is how technically inept oh. all of congress is Jesus like like i'll say 98 percent of congress yes. is so technically like they just don't understand how things work no. in the world period no. like it's insane to me some of their line of questioning it was like there was this one where this guy asked he was like oh like does your app like track like your face or whatever? Oh, no. Does it? Does it? Is it the one that you're talking about? The the it's dilation like, of your eyes. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes, one? that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, it's a representative from Georgia, and he was like, "Does it track like the the pupil dilation?" Because basically, he's trying to posit that the app wants to know how much serotonin you're getting from using the app and. They track that by your pupil dilation, and they'll give you more things to give you more serotonin. So essentially, the the uh, what is it? The CEO was like, or the creator was like, he's like, well, yes, we use facial, like we have software. He's like, but it's only when you use like the filters and he's like, and it's temporarily. Why would they need to know where your eyes are? And he's yes. like, so we know. So the filter knows yeah. how to be on your face. And then he explains, he's like, the data that's used is temporarily stored locally on the user's phone and then is deleted after they are finished using the filter. Yeah. He's like, we don't store any of that. Because could you imagine storing that much fucking information also? Jay, every the time amount of drafts filter? that I have from filters that I do personally. Saying. Yeah. I, and I don't even give that uh, outrageous no, amounts of I'm like, data. The, the amount of like server farms they would have. Anyways, but that man, but anyways, but he's like. Uh, could you imagine trying to explain a server farm to Congress? Yeah. What that even is? like? Oh my God. What about the one question where the guy was like, do you have to, you just TikTok connect to your Wi-Fi? And the guy's like, well, to use the app, you need internet access. access. So he's like, if you don't have it through like your data, like person, whatever, like AT&T, Verizon, whatever, your phone like carrier. He's like, if you don't have it through that, he's like, then yes, to use the app. He's like, you, just just like every other app the other on app. your yeah. phone. <laughs> he was like, he, yeah, basically he's like, just like everything else. So you're in the Wi-Fi and he's like, yes, yes, yes or no. And he goes, it's not that simple. Like, that's not a yes oh, or yeah. no question. Oh, yeah, because he asked, he was, he's like, when you're, so when TikTok's connected to the Wi-Fi, can you access like other devices on the Wi-Fi? And he was like, no, not really. And he's like, if you want to get more technical, I can find that information for you and supply it and he's like but the bigger answer is no and, and for those who maybe aren't as into this as we are uh, we're talking about ceo tiktok ceo xiao chu who you know weirdly enough and and this is going off zero research but uh, yes. i did see a tiktok on it so maybe maybe it's true <laughs> we'll well say, i feel thing. like a boomer like i saw it on, on facebook, on facebook. <laughs> so it's gotta be true but uh 
did someone said that he was an intern at Facebook in, back in like 09 or 10 or something like that. Well, that's I wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I would have I mean, be yeah, I would have assume he away. was a tech person, you know, or something like that. Probably someone who worked in algorithms. Yeah. You know? Right? Yeah. Maybe. Oh, are we just giving him the credit because he's a CEO and we assume that he knows all things? <laughs> True. <laughs> just True. another corporate suit. Just another. But I will say the one thing. He's very knowledgeable. Though. Very knowledgeable. I was like, at, at least watching him give testimony is a far cry from watching the congressional hearings on Facebook and Ugh. the lizard person, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> when, I his, when I was human. <laughs> right. I mean, it didn't feel. It actually felt like a conversation. Like one of the things yeah. that I appreciate, because we all know. Listen, we if you don't know this, listen up, because this is not conspiracy. Everyone sells your data. Like if you're yes. on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, if you're on Google, yeah. they are mining and selling your data. Yeah. That is just a fact. It's That's legal. Just everyone knows. It's not protected. Yeah. That's what happens. And the one thing I can appreciate from TikTok is he actually spelled out. He came in there with three steps, and he was like, yes. "Here is what we propose to do to alleviate concerns." Yep. They were all reasonable things. I was like, wow. I wish every social media company, because he was like, we're going to firewall all the data yep. for American users. Yeah. You know, we're going to make a pledge. Well, I can't remember all three things, but I yeah. was like, wow. Like, these are actual steps that I understand as a person who uses technology. Like, yes. Sounds great. And Congress is like, ah, what does that even mean? And I'm like. Dude, I, 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 watching I, them was so insane and but you know what josh this is just par for the course because oh. like they do the same thing when it comes to talking about women's rights women's bodies they're a bunch of cycles. men who have yeah. no fucking idea they're talking about who also talk about like education none of these people know anything about fucking education especially in the modern american well, education how, system. how can you understand public education jade when, when you haven't had it you've in. been to private schools most of congress oh, yeah. your entire life and you've gone to the finest Ivy League universities. Yeah. You don't understand what the real world is. You don't know like. public education, not only that, but you haven't been in, in an educational system for like 40, 50 years. 100%. And, and this is now a political podcast. Yeah. By the way. Uh, but anyways, but anyways but back to TikTok. This, this is what I love. This is what I love about one of my favorite questions. Yes. So there was a, I believe, Texas representative oh, who God. asked the question and he goes, I want you to first. He calls it Tic Tac. That was my favorite thing. He's like, "Ooh, I, so, you know what?" My so, sorry, my last uh, yeah. director used to call it Tic Tac too. <laughs> so he goes, he goes. So I opened up the Tic Tac, and I wanted to know why it showed me all these gays and fluffers and drag queens uh, on my Ooh. algorithm when I opened it up and started scrolling through the videos, Ooh. and I was like. That's not how TikTok works. I, he, he literally said, can you tell me how the algorithm works? And, and I was like, this man just literally outed himself. He just 100%. As, like, this man is gay. Like, we know now he's trans and gay, either trans or gay. Like, but we know. That's 100% a gay man. Yeah. And yeah, he 100% outed himself because the algorithm doesn't know you until you start using it. And not only that, but like... Even then, like if it were tracking information on your phone and giving it to from other you, apps, from other yeah. apps, then that would be what he's looking at on other apps. So, like, I don't know where his line of questioning was going because I'm like, sir, you well, just told uh, the world. You could kind of see, like, like I will say, I don't know how the CEO of TikTok kept it together because he literally, you could see this little glint in his eye, and I was like, I would have, I would not, I would have laughed because I'd be like, laughed, sir. So I'm going to have to give you some hard truths here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to need you to take a look in the mirror. Are you ma- sir, are you married to a woman? <laughs> I'm wondering. Just When you pay for sex. Is she watching right now? Oh, my what God. is their identifiable gender? <laughs> oh but like, yeah, no, it's it's it was the most insane thing I've ever seen. I mean, amongst many other insane things. But just it's just that exactly what you said earlier was like the disparate 
knowledge gap between like Congress and understanding modern technology at the most base level, which by the way, that CEO was answering questions with so much thought, so oh. much like um, research. It, and also th- think about the fact this is a second language. I was, it didn't feel rehearsed. And that's the thing. No. Like, that's hard. Like, I don't know. If, I mean, not that I've ever been before Congress, but I mean, when you are sitting there in front of people, it, it's like a lightning round interview yes. because they all have limited time. Yeah. There's about six people. They've had teams of people researching. They already know what they want to say. They don't even give a shit about the questions. Yeah. And to be able to sit there and give questions or give answers mm-hmm. that feel as if you're having a conversation, that's yeah. incredibly difficult. Like, yeah. that's that's like insane. well thought out. Yeah. So, you know what? I, I'm going to say right now, I don't think TikTok gets banned. I don't, I don't think, think so either. I mean, come on. Hey, but changing gears, because I don't know how to transition from that, that discussion. That went on way longer than I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Weekly Watches. Uh, you know, I've been watching Jade recently. What's that? The Mandalorian. Oh, interesting. It, we're in season three. It's it's getting hard. Even with Pedro carrying that That got thing got three back, seasons? It's third season. It's wild, right? Oof, yeah, rough. because that was OG uh, streaming uh, Yeah, that was Disney the very Plus. first. That was like their like, first big thing. Yeah. yeah. So they're in season three now. And uh, one good story. I haven't watched this episode yet, but one fun story. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you recognize the name of actor? No, I don't have his name. Ahmed Best. Oh, yeah. Jar Jar Binks? Jar Jar. So apparently, Jade, he gets to come back in this episode of The Mandalorian. Is he Jar Jar? He's not Jar Jar. He's a a new Jedi. I don't know what his character name is. but good for him. He's a Jedi character. He looks freaking great. He he gets to have double lightsabers. Like, he looks freaking kick-ass. Wait, is it like the... Is it just he's holding two lightsabers in his hands? Apparently, yeah. He's are they, just are like, they purple? Uh, no, they're different colors, actually. Windu Mace, man. He's the only one that gets the purple lightsaber. Oh, that's right. Fucking yeah. Samuel Jackson. Well, Sam Jackson. I mean, he's uh, like, my favorite color is purple. Can I have a purple <laughs> lightsaber? It's still my favorite story. Like, <laughs> a Star Wars story. But you know what I didn't realize? Like, I knew that people hated Jar Jar Binks back in 99 when, you know, it came out. Like, yeah. most fans, because t- let's face it. Look, sorry if you're Star a Star Wars, Wars fan. Are toxic. Most Star Wars fans are toxic as shit. Yeah. But he thought about killing himself at yeah. one point. Yeah. I, didn't, I had no idea that oh, happened. I knew that, about this. That's wild. Yeah. Like, because listen, I'm gonna out myself right now. But I was a big Jar Jar Binks fan, right? No. As a child, I had guys. I had a Jar Jar Binks doll, a lunchbox. I had a watch. I had like a little plush doll of Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. That's wild. I, I loved him. Listen, if, you were like what though? Like I was like eight. Eight. Yeah, I was gonna say because ninety nine. Yeah, like, but you know what though? I think I single handedly. Help that Jar Jar Binks merch sell. And I also- just imagine like George Lucas' team, they're like, um, we need to have more showings in Florida. Like, we are selling out of this shit. Yeah. Like, in fucking There's been Florida. A high amount of purchases. High amount. It's wild. Purchase. I don't know what's going on in Florida. They're like analyzing, they're like fucking going through the marketing. They're like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it, I don't we don't understand. understand. It. Yeah. I'm like, if only that actor knew how much I loved him, he wouldn't be contemplating what he contemplated. But you know what? That- that blows my mind. Like, you know, not not him suicide. Like, I can understand. Like, but I mean, it always blows my mind when an actor does a good, a great job, or even even like a semi. Like, okay, if you don't like his performance, whatever. I don't understand the hate yeah. towards the actor themselves. Like, it reminds me kind of of, of Jack. Was it Gleason? I, mm-hmm. I believe is his name. The the person who played Joffrey, uh, Joffrey in Game of Thrones. Yeah. He has gotten so much hate and backlash from his character, and yeah. I'm like. But that's because he did his job. Yeah. Like, he well, and did it's crazy, the job. too, because when you think of, like, Jar Jar Binks, like, the people were upset about the character in many different ways, but none of those were the actor's decisions. That no. character was 
written by people. The character was designed, the makeup and everything, by other people. And he was probably given direction to speak in that Jamaican accent. Like, you know what I mean? And we're going to be mad at anyone in this situation. Can we just... We can agree to be mad at George Lucas, right? Like, he's just... It's yes, terrible. George Lucas is he's, to blame for all of it. He's like, done more and that's to what the crazy Star thing Wars is. Than... It's like there's no hate to George Lucas, but yet all hate to Ahmed for portraying this character that's not even his fucking character. Like I, you know, I'm just glad. I mean, I'm glad to see that he kind of gets a redemption arc in yeah. the same series that, that like kind of threw him out. The like, kid that played Anakin in the first movie too. I think he like quit acting altogether because of the harassment that he received for wild. just playing Anakin. Are people really that unhinged? Like, are they able not able yes, to separate Josh, art from reality? Oh, and that is that. Yes, that's why people are like stalkers and like stands. And that's why I'm sorry to anyone listening. If this is your jam, I find it just really bizarre. But like, you know, like those like Wattpad, like um, fanfic where people will just get so into it and they like will start putting characters together. Oh, and like continuing a story or continuing like a story, all- but like in a way that's like they believe that this is like real almost like or like their version of events but aren't, are real. but aren't those just to create sex between characters when there's not any like i thought that's all sometimes yeah but sometimes <laughs> it goes like way off the deep end and oh yeah like people get like way too into it i don't know i just feel like there's a threshold and you probably shouldn't go past it i mean you know there's just a lot of i mean isn't that where maybe that's where republicans come from i don't, I don't know, know if it's because like i'm a, <laughs> feel like i'm like is this where my cold soul comes in because i just can't love anything that much yeah maybe yeah yeah maybe, yeah. maybe you're just a psychopath because you like charger pinkston's child that explains a lot <laughs> <laughs> i mean this this is true well jade let's uh, quickly get into some uh, maybe weekly watches anything uh, else interesting i mean you're i know you're not watching mandalorian so what else are you uh, watching <laughs> uh so i just binged class of 07 that came out on amazon prime Ooh. it is um an australian series jade i feel like you watch everything that i think about like i'll see it and i'm yeah. like i'm gonna uh, and you're, jade's like no i just i don't fucking ride into that thing yeah hello yeah. how else am i gonna know if it's good <laughs> or bad i watch it but Actually, really surprisingly good. Uh, the main actress is Emily Browning. You guys may know her from Sucker Punch and Series of Unfortunate Events, the movie. Um, but she basically, it's a story about how um, Emily Browning's character, she was on a reality show and that went bad. So she basically kind of isolates herself on like a trailer in the middle of nowhere in Australia. When all of a sudden, all these cracks start forming in the earth and water starts spitting out. So she drives to her old um, high school, which was like a Catholic school on top of a mountain, because um, that's where like the emergency base is. When she gets there, it turns out her class is having a reunion, and Wild. a giant tidal wave hits the entire earth and covers everything under a certain altitude and water. So they are the only survivors in this area on this mountaintop. So their school becomes an island, and they now <laughs> have to basically survive together. Can you imagine that? Just you. Their high school reunion? Yes, and it's all no. and it's all girl Catholic school. So oh. it's all women, people that you went to high school with. You haven't seen these fuckers in decades, and now all of a sudden you're trapped with them. You're the last people on the planet. Mm. Sounds off. I mean, first of all, to just show up to your reunion and then have to be trapped with those people? Like, yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's hilarious. It's Obviously, it's a comedy. Um, and yeah, it's they do a really good job. I think they're like 30 minute episodes, so they're really easy to get through. Also, Sucker Punch, a movie that doesn't get uh, referenced enough, I feel like. Yeah, no, I love the movie. I think I bought the album on iTunes, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like, though, like that movie, though, Sucker Punch, I've been seeing more about it. Like, it's become a lot more criticized in the last couple of years. I mean, I guess it is a little, little problematic. I mean, it's still a fun movie, but. Sure, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah, but it's still, it's fun. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll say it. I'll, I'll be brave enough. 
Yeah. Canceled. Uh, <laughs> what else have you been watching? Uh, also, season two, Shadow and Bone. Just finished it. What do you think? I, okay. So I will say this made the biggest difference. So I originally had watched episode one of season two without having rewatched the original or the first season. And I didn't feel like as invested. Like I felt like off. Like I wasn't excited to watch the season. When I rewatched the first season and then I watched season two, I feel like it made a big difference because I was actually really into the rest of this season. So one of the main points then is because I, I feel like I was so I, I finished season two as well, but yeah. I feel like I was so disconnected from some of the characters yeah. where I was like, I remember their motivation. Yes. But I don't care about them in this season. Yeah. So Kerrigan in season one, you find out that basically he's kind of um, not truly immortal but like he doesn't really age and yeah. that um she's not supposed to age either so he actually was the one who created the fold and then he and his mother are the only two people that can conjure shadows um and then he created the fold essentially after the woman that he loved was killed by people who were like basically hunting down grisha yeah so like um this is kind of his reaction to it and then his mother was like bide your time come back as like a nobleman and like then exact your revenge but after all these like decades or like centuries had passed his mother realized like there's like a better way than revenge but he still held on to it and then alina um obviously she's the sun summoner but there's like those amplifiers that she has to find that's supposed to make her magic even better so there's like three creatures and and the first one is they find is the the deer yep yeah and then kirigan uses that to control her so he they like built a connection with her through that and then um what was it um you find out um Oh yeah, the the crows, whatever they just have that little journey. There's not too much that happens with that. Uh, the cr- and, I, so, and for me too, that was my problem. Is like I was like I remember the crows as you know, like a funny side story, like, yeah. and they were really kind of interesting because they had their whole club and like they had yeah. little they like well, all came together. In the but- first season, their entire side story was their journey to find Alina. Yes. essentially. So it was interesting. But this season two, way too much gross. No. I, I enjoyed them, but like so their story well, their just took story too much time. Wasn't relevant. No, thank the you. Main the whole story. Picking Rollins. The whole that whole storyline was, Rollins was, Rollins I was like, trash. What's the point? And same with um Nina and the um the one like northern guy because and the first one was like this nice little romance, but it didn't really lead anywhere. So I was like, oh maybe he's gonna be really important in season two. No, nope, no. So that was really frustrating. Um, but overall though, I. I enjoyed where this where the story took us, kind of where it's leading. I really enjoyed the new characters, the prince character. I was really into, um, yeah. Also, I was frustrated by the wolf guy in the jail. Yeah, I I don't. I think he's gonna be like some sort of like werewolf or something. But or like, like we spent a lot of time focusing on him, and then yeah, they that's were just what I'm like, saying. Hey. Yeah, yeah, the northern guy. Gone. A, yeah, he just sat in prison. Have you been keeping up with Ted Lasso as well? Yes, TV I watched Plus? the first two episodes of season two. Um, I, I'm going to say something that I think uh, you could probably agree with here. I don't like that show as an epi- as a weekly episodic. I think it, it's hard. I can't get into it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I like the story. I think Jason Sudeikis is still great. I think the story is still good. But, like, I forget. Like, I, I'm not as connected to the story when I'm not continuing it. Because it's only a 30-minute episode every week. Yeah, well, that and there's... It was so long between the last season, so you're kind of out of it. And then on top of that, it's hard to know where this story is 
going at this point. Yeah. Because like you you see all these like humps, like these hurdles that they went through season one and then season two. So by season three, you're like, okay, what what more are they going through? I guess the only thing they're worried about is getting relegated, right? Like that's yeah. essentially what the story is, which kind of feels a little bit like, like season, season one. one. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We're I only mean, episode but two. Do you know there's 12 episodes in this season? I thought there were only 10 the last couple of seasons. Oh, well, you know, by all means. More money, I guess, to do things. But we, I think they should at least go to the model of Amazon Prime or HBO sometimes. HBO where it's two episodes. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I think yeah. it works well with them being a 30 minute. It's just because they don't show. have enough content on Apple TV Plus. That's, that's exactly <laughs> it. There's nothing on Apple TV Plus. Movie review. First look. Well, Jade, I think it's time to take a first look at our movie this week, uh, yes. which is uh, Scream, Scream Six. Six. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm stoked. I'm this. This movie was exciting. Like I this was, was fun. This movie. You know, what I didn't even realize until we got out of the movie. This was nearly two and a half hours. It's the longest Scream movie. I. It did not yeah. feel like I checked my time at one point, not because I was bored, but I was just like, oh, like, are we? Like, I think you know, I'm. We were because we were going to see another movie, and I was like, Yeah, oh, wait, this is still going on. Okay, cool. Like, whatever. And I was yeah. like, Two and a half hours, it's not like, two and a half, it was here? two hours and two minutes. Oh, I thought it was 220 for some reason. Nope, not even. Oh, it still, it was great. Yeah, I, yeah, it's just a two hour long film, but it is longer than the rest of the Scream films, which I think you're usually between 130 and 145. Well, what are your first thoughts though on Scream Six? You know, I think they did a really good job of kind of breathing new air into the Scream franchise while also still like hearkening back to the original films and like I love the, the one thing that Scream's always been so good at is being meta like they call out their own shit and then they also play into tropes as well so like they're aware of the tropes they create their own tropes but then they play into the tropes and they also call them out at the same time yeah and like to me like that's what makes it so good. Like, that's what makes it stand apart from, like, Halloween and Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, this is why this franchise, I think, works so well. And then also, I think um, I think it's just a really good cast. Like, they did a great job with casting. I think the cast works well together. You know yes. what I mean? Like, they all have their unique role. Yeah. And are able to play off on each other really well. Yeah. What I kind of liked about this film that I noticed first off is it's... I mean, it's still funny. I mean, it's still a comedy, obviously, in the way Scream is and plays very true to the franchise. Mm -hmm. But we got a lot more gore in this and it felt darker than a yeah. lot of the other Scream movies. Yeah, they which said Which I enjoyed. Like, there, it was this, great. This Scream film, I think, is supposed to be the goriest in terms of like they have the most blood. They also have the highest body count of all the Scream films as well. Ooh, I didn't think about that. There are a lot of deaths in this. But I mean, it wasn't just like, I mean, sometimes Scream deaths kind of sneak up on you and they're oh, no, kind of like 13. Dead. 13. Wow. Which but is I high. Mean, every death, though, was not like, oh, someone died. It was like someone got fucking stabbed to death like it wasn't yeah, just like just oh one shot in the fucking face or shot in the fucking face it wasn't yeah. just like one hit it was like oh here it is from this angle here it is from that yes. angle and like this yeah, person i think the dead. originals was like one stab to like the gut and like that was it and they're like oh they're done well i think well especially like the original like the first one yes. i feel like that uh, that relied more on that horror movie trope of like quick cuts like you'd yes. have like a stab or you'd have like a oh shit yes. like kind yeah. of a moment like jump scare kind of a thing mm -hmm. this was much more about like this is a slasher like there's no yeah if answer well this about one's it. i think stronger in terms of 
like they went heavier on the story because at this point, if you think about it, we're on the sixth film. So we now already know the concept of these killings. And we already know like more than likely there's two killers, pretty much like every movie has two killers. Um, So you always... But not all of them. (laughs) Yes, no. Um, But... And then on top of that, like, and Mindy in this series and Randy in the original pointed these out where they're like, you know, it's someone close to the friend group. Like, and you, there's a certain expectation. So I think for them, like, they wanted to subvert that expectation a little bit and up the gore factor because we are so used to, like, these very, these very kind of similar kills, which, like, yeah. Um, at one point, too, they talked about there's kind of this unwritten rule in screen movies that killers don't use guns until they're unmasked. Oh. So anytime you see someone kill someone, with, like a ghost face killer kills someone with a gun, it's typically after they've already been unmasked. So they're done with the the methodology of stabbing. So this is the first film we see a ghost face killer in a mask shoot someone with a gun, which I, is in the bodega scene with the shotgun. Didn't think about that. Yeah. Well, So they went all out. We'll have our full review uh, right after the break. We're going to be reviewing Scream 6 and it's in theaters right now. Feature presentation. I had this secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here. And it's gonna keep coming for us. We share a certain history. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Our movie this week is Scream 6. It's in theaters now. Probably not going to be on streaming for until they make all their money back, right? I mean... Probably another like month for it's like on Prime for twenty bucks. Yeah, I feel like they're gonna really yeah. do like the traditional. They're gonna be like it's on uh, freaking you know theaters now, second run. Yeah, it'll go to some premium service where we'll have to pay twenty bucks to see it, and then yep. eventually it'll be five dollars. It'll be like and five dollars then... to rent, and then it'll probably go to another platform Ooh. for free. HBO? Do you think it's an HBO movie? Mm, who does a Sony? Oh, who is? Yeah, is I was Paramount? just trying to think. I can't remember. I think it's Paramount. It'll probably be <sighs> on Paramount Plus. This fucking ends up. Fuck. I. Yeah. Paramount, you haven't convinced me to. I, they still, can go fuck themselves. I'm holding, to be I, you honest. know what? I, I'm only getting Paramount when Apple TV pisses me off and I cancel that. And then maybe I'll yeah. get Paramount after that. Yeah. I can't. When Severance ends, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Jade. I'm going to let you, of course, read the uh, yeah, description of this movie because, I mean, why are you even here if you don't know what the Scream franchise is? You, God, Jesus you're Christ. probably really bored listening to us if you don't know what it is, but what is this movie about? So following the latest Ghostface killings, the four survivors lead Woodsboro behind and start a fresh new chapter in Scream 4, Welcome to the Sequel to the Requel. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just, this is one of those few series they know exactly who they are. Yeah. They know exactly what they are. Yeah. And they stay true to the source material. Like, this to me, in the horror comedy genre that it's in, almost a class of its own, it's kind of like The Last of Us. Like, that's how true this franchise stays to its source material, mm-hmm. that it's literally created itself. Yeah. It's wild. 
And it's well, amazing. And they know what they're doing because they, they even talk about – Mindy brings it up in this film where she basically says that, like, what's happening to them now is literally just a repeat of events that happened in – well, in their universe, which is the second Stab movie, which is really just the second Scream movie. But I think that's why – I mean, that's, to me, the reason I have – I think now – as an even older, enjoy the screen movies more than I did even as a yeah. teenager because th- these films don't fuck around with you. Like they don't pretend to be some great fucking thing. The next coming of the horror movie genre, they just are like, "Here's what we are. Here's yeah. what we know we are. We're gonna explain it to you. We know we're doing some stupid shit." And we're very aware of it, but we're still going to do it anyway yeah. because we've already explained it to you. And you're like, that's that's so meta and yeah. hilarious. Like, it's it's outrageous. Yeah, they give you exactly what you want, which is you just want a slasher. Like, you want an outrageous killer, like an unkillable killer, which will, and scream, they are killed every single time. But also, like, you just want violent, gory deaths. You want a little yeah. bit of a mystery of who could it be because this isn't like the singular monster that we get in other horror film franchises where it's the same guy coming back from the dead over and over again like you know and it's the exhortation is it's clear you just you know what this is well jade let's start off with the worst part what what was trash for you about this film um yeah so there was just some things that like kind of bothered me that like so obviously scream there's this expectation that there's always going to be one or two friends or you know peripheral people in the group who are going to die all pretty Um, much always right almost always yeah Yeah. so this film like i think we said earlier it has the highest number of survivors in all the franchise films so this has seven survivors which is nuts and it's gail kirby sam tara mindy chad and danny so not only do we have didn't all of them get stabbed at one point all of them but danny and okay 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 yeah, yeah so um obviously like Gail and Mindy were already in the hospital from earlier stabbings. Then we had Kirby, who was, you know, basically on like death's door after she got stabbed in the same box. And then Sam and Tara, who were stabbed a few times, but managed to take the killers down. Um, Chad, who we thought was like literally fucking dead. And then Danny, who like never actually went into the theater with them. So he was actually protected the entire time. He was never attacked. Okay. Which is also the first time. Someone in the inner circle has not been attacked and is also not the killer, um, which is really interesting. So we have the boyfriend who gets to live. We have the core four group. So none of the actual real friend group dies. Core four. Core four. <laughs> core four. Yeah. And, it, and it's almost kind of worse in a way because the two – actually, sorry – one member of the friend group does actually die, and that's Mindy's girlfriend. But outside of that, the two other people that end up dying are really just the killers – which is Quinn and Ethan. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, in the beginning. Get, yeah. yeah, and then we don't get any legacy deaths like we did in the last film, I, which was Dewey. Uh, can I? Can I? Because I mean, get, I think this would have been the perfect movie for Gail's story to end. Yes. This would have been the one, and yes. I think they could have done it in so many different ways. They had so many outs, yeah, and it would have made sense. I think. I think it's time to get rid of her character. I don't see yes. the reason to keep her well, around anymore. And not only that, but I think. This could have lent itself to something interesting in the film. So, um, you know, with this movie, we have three killers this time. This is the first time we have three killers. There's only one film that had one killer, which was Scream 3, Roman. Um, But now we have three. So that was the most unexpected part. So what could have been kind of nice was for Gail to part by also taking down the killer at the same time. So like, great. 
she kills one of them they kill her and then when they unmask the killer they're like well we got one so then they think oh there's probably only one more left out there but in fact there are two i think that would have been a great like an even bigger twist, twist, you know what I mean? Because you didn't need all three at the end. Yeah. I don't think you well, really needed like, that. Well, because like it could have been Ethan, and they're like, "Oh my god, it was fucking Ethan the whole uh, time." We yeah. knew it, you know what I mean? And then the last two, being the detective and Quinn, who they thought was dead, would have been a much bigger surprise. So, also, and and going back to what you were saying, why I think one of the biggest trashes for me was the mm-hmm. number of survivors. Like, yes, and I'm not talking. This is not one of those. Like, first of all, no one has any pain residual pain in this movie like no. jenna ortega gets stabbed about seven times yes and she'll be like ow like when it first happens and then she's just like full out running i'm like bitch yeah you got you got stabbed in the gut but and in the shoulder yes. like how Sam are you got stabbed even in the shoulder i'm Sam like was, how is she raising her arm up uh, she was full-on fighting jade and yes. i'm like how are you doing that that's yeah. no, i've been meanwhile like, other people are hospitalized for the same injury it, exactly like and also how are they keeping the blood inside their bodies even if they could function like they yeah. are bleeding out it's not like they're like bandaging themselves yes. they're like bleeding like major wounds here like and, and like i said we this movie being so gory as we were saying before mm-hmm. All of the stab attacks, it's not like someone was like, oop, nicked you. It was like, I plunged a eight foot blade, or eight foot, eight inch blade into your body. Like, how are you functioning still? It doesn't make any sense. But the biggest one for me was Chad. Chad's character, Mason Gooding, he got stabbed legit. I mean, it had to have been a dozen times. Yes. Like, full on in in the chest. In and the then, stomach. Not only that, but if you think about the timing of when that happened, because this was like the, the kind of the, the spark of events to happen in the theater. So like he got stabbed. He's laying on the floor bleeding out For the at entire least time. At least 30 that minutes. They're giving that fucking speech yeah. in the theater that they're playing this cat and mouse game. I'm like. How is there any blood in his body? Like. I, he. How is he not dead? He should like, have been dead. When they rolled him out in the end, they're like, Chad's alive. I was like, <laughs> How, And there's no way he'd be speaking. Like, he was like up and alert. I was like, no. He was speaking and dead. she like kissed him. I was like, um, he's unconscious because he lost almost all the blood in his body. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking Even Mendy, too. Yeah. I was like. I don't know how did... Mendy's alive either. She should have also been dead. Same. She was stabbed like deep and then she was like bleeding out in the subway. So they would have had to get an ambulance down all the way into like the subway, bring her up. Bring her to the hospital. I'm like, she no, would be losing dead. so much fucking blood. Dead. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, that, that was so, the biggest trash for me. Yeah, that was a big trash. And then also, um, what was one of the other things like that I thought was weird, which was, um, oh, okay. So obviously Scream, their motivations aren't always, they're not meant to always be like taken seriously. It's sure. not supposed to be like, I mean, all the other characters have had insane motivations too. But this one was just like, I don't know. It's like a little too much because, like I said, we had three killers. So it's an entire family decides they're just going to murder a shit ton of people because their son died. Because their son is Richie, the original killer from the first, like, or the first part of this franchise, the Scream 5. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to exact revenge on his death. Even though one of them is a cop, he's a detective. They're like, he was a serial killer and he was wrongfully killed. The fuck? And they're like, so now we're going to... Become serial killers as well, and then kill the people that killed him. What? Yeah. Like what? It. I mean, I guess I was. I guess I could have suspended disbelief for that. Like, but it was. It a was, little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it being like a family affair thing was the thing that was throwing me off because I think it yeah. was in Scream Two. It was Billy Loomis's mother was the killer, but 
it was made a little bit more sense because number one, she was obviously just targeting uh, Sydney the entire time. And it was more like killing the people around her was more about making her suffer in the ways of like taking away people she loved. Mickey, I can't remember. I think Mickey was just like someone like Nancy like recruited in the second film versus like this is like again it's like the whole family so how does the whole family get on it i don't know that was it was just a little too weak for me personally it wasn't my favorite especially like detective bailey like this cop being one of the like i don't know it was okay not the strongest it was okay yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. uh well let's move into what was what was treasure for you then in this uh entire film Oh, my God. Okay, so obviously Mindy's speech, fantastic. When she basically talks about... <laughs> oh, this is the sequel. I know where you're going with yeah, this. <laughs> the sequel to the requel. And then she's like... And then at one point she's like, we're in a franchise, guys. So she like lays down the rules too she's like she's like legacy characters are at risk as we now know with like the death of dewey so no one is safe (laughs) yeah she's like no one is safe she's like anyone can be a suspect she's like especially like boyfriends and girlfriends and she like looks at her girlfriend and then um and then like she even like she literally brings it up she was like ethan could be the killer because you and he's like oh i i was assigned to be chad's roommate she's like you could have rigged that yeah we find out later he did yeah and even quinn because it was like what about you quinn she's like you found a posting on Craigslist. Like, it's not that hard to fucking figure out, like, who Tara and Sam were, like, doing the post, which, again, we also find out that that's true. Um, but, yeah, no, I I always, like, love it when she lays out the rules and it explains exactly what's happening in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. She's, be- I mean, way better than Jamie Kennedy ever was in his role. <laughs> I mean, Jamie Kennedy did a good job because he said, never say I'll be right back because you won't. Never go anywhere alone um if you're basically if you have sex you're probably going to die and like he said it's it's usually like someone close to you i love the fact that we i mean i feel like we had to trade we traded nev campbell because she didn't come back to the series yes in this scream six but we did get hayden penantera who i haven't Pen- seen penantier penantier yes penantier Yes, and it's with an E. No, no, no. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh, I haven't seen... I'm, I'm trying to remember the last so, thing. Like, Heroes, maybe, was the last thing I remember no, seeing her No, she did in. Nashville. I never watched Nashville. I never really... Oh, my God. It was a hit show. Anyways. It was, okay. It was, but this was her first acting role in five years. That's wild. Yeah, so the directors actually talk about... Um, I, oh, sorry. Kevin Williamson. He's the writer. Scream one, two, and four. So four was the one that Hannah Panettiere starred in. He said that he actually wanted Kirby back in the last film, so Scream five. But he had a hard time tracking her down and getting in touch with her because what? she wasn't acting anymore. She didn't have her agent or anything. So he had to Wait, kind of like. I mean, I knew she took a break, but like, how do you like? She's a famous person. Like, yeah. how do you not get in contact with her? Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Um. I can't remember 100% what went on with her. I think I know, I'm pretty sure there was some postpartum. She had kids, right? I mean, that's why she took a break. I thought she had started a family or something like that. Yeah, but she was suffering from severe postpartum depression. It affected her greatly. And she had some other like mental health issues happening at the same time. So that's why she took like such a long break. And she even, she did an interview. She talks about how like, she was afraid when she got the call for this film that she wouldn't even know how to act again. She was like, I don't even know if I'm, if I know what I, I'm doing anymore. Like, she was afraid, like, yeah. like Wild. She had lost it because she literally had done nothing in five but years. But even so, like, I feel like acting is one of those things that, like... Well, we saw 
Kihai Kwan just do it, right? Yeah. So. I mean, but I mean, he's kind of been in a few things. But yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, won a freaking Oscar. But, but I'm talking about like the distance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Between yeah. films. Films. Yeah, like decades for him. I feel like, I mean, acting is definitely, like, don't get me wrong here. Like, I feel like some people look at acting and they're like, oh, well, you just get up there and do things. I mean, it is a talent. But I mean, there's a difference. There's a raw talent and there's stuff that you work on. And I feel yes. like for people at Hayden's level, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Like, there's there's not any millennial that doesn't know who that is. Oh, like, my God. you've seen her in at least one she day. She hosted my grad night at Disney. Wow. She was the host. That's actually with pretty With Katy Perry. <laughs> what? And Katy Perry performed. There was, um, there was, like, Metro Station was there. Um, well, that's a blast from the fucking yeah. past. <laughs> I know. And then there was, like, Jasmine, who was, like, the current winner of America's Next Top Model. Um, anyways. But, yeah, Hayden Panettiere was our host at grad night. So, like, I literally got to see her up close and personal. She seems like a like a one of the few genuinely, genuinely like decent, nice yeah, like yeah. celebrities, yeah, like yeah. So it's great to see her back. Like I mean, and I, I think yeah. that's been, I feel like that's been this whole last year. I mean, this whole, well, not, not just this year, but twenty twenty two as well has felt like a redemption arc for so many people. So many people. But I mean, for people that. I think the millennial generation can really appreciate. You know what yes. I mean? Like Brendan Fraser, Kim mm-hmm. Kwan, like Hayden Panettiere. I mean, like, well, that's like they're bringing back all the kids' shows with the same actors as adults now, and like re-exploring their stories as adults because millennials are literally like, I want to see this. So like, Lasso Raven, she's now back. Like, she has a Wild. new show. They did that with Girl Meets World. Um, there was supposed to be a Lizzie McGuire reboot, but they ended up canceling that, which is why Hilary Duff is doing the How I Met Your Father. Like, I, yeah, reboot. which is, I, that's one of the few reboots. Like, I, I saw a bad I watch taste. literally just because of her. <laughs> I My wife does too. Like, I'm like, look, I, Hilary you Duff. You don't understand, is great. Josh. You weren't I, there. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you were wearing stuff by Duff, okay? Stuff by Duff. You weren't crying in the shower to come clean. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I was definitely not. You didn't get it. <laughs> anyway, let's let's go on. So, I mean, yes. who had the best performance in this film in Scream Six? Well, ooh, do oh, I sense? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I didn't think it was going to be that that controversial. I mean, I was going to say Jenna Ortega. Okay. Obviously, okay. she like stole the show. But, but I will say, God, Courtney Cox, she's just always good as oh. Gil Weathers. Like she. She pulls it out every time. Yeah. Every time. Is that why they didn't kill her? Because they're like, God, I just can't, they didn't have the heart to do it. I, I think because she's kind of the last through line from the original cast. Because even though Hayden Panettiere is technically from, she's like a legacy character because she's from Scream 4. But that was like the first time they tried to also like reboot the franchise again. Yeah. And it didn't really work very well. So without Gail, you don't have those roots. Do you think this this would have been Gail Weathers' last movie if Nev Campbell had come back for season six? I for, think or so. Se- six, yeah. I mean, yeah. it would have made if, sense. If Nev Campbell was in this film, I think they would have killed off Gail. But I guess Courtney Cox said in an interview that she would play Gail Weathers as long as they keep her alive. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I, I would too. I changed my mind. I'm okay with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> keep coming back. Yeah, like, literally <laughs> she was like, I will continue to play her basically until I'm like 80 years old. She's like, I don't care. And I was like, how awesome would that be if there's like Scream 32 and like it's just freaking Gail's covering it again. She rolls up in her wheelchair or walker. She's in a like motorized scooter. Just fucking like and and someone hits her in the face because they're like, do you write another book? And she's like, I don't know. At this point, she's relegated to like YouTube conspiracy. She has fucking dementia, like doesn't even remember half the time who you are, what anything's about. Oh, God, I would love it. I mean, hey, if you think about the fact that like uh, uh, Jamie. Emily Curtis has still played Laurie Strode 
and to Halloween. Oh, that's wild, right? You know what I mean? I mean, Harrison Ford is an 80-year-old man playing Indiana Jones. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? What, what's happening? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Mm. But, I mean, for me, I, it's Jenna Ortega, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, at what point, Jay, do you, do you think at a certain point... Scream is going to turn from Melissa Barrera, who plays Sam, mm-hmm. who is supposed to be the new Nev Campbell. She's supposed to be the yeah, our main she's like the focus. final girl. Yeah, yeah. But Jenna Ortega, I mean, listen, it's it's not it's it's not Melissa's fault. Like Jenna Ortega acts circles around everybody. Like she does everyone. She is a massive talent who's going to win a billion Oscars one day. Mm-hmm. I feel like that they're looking at her more closely now and at some yes. point she's going to be the final girl in this new franchise. Well, I agree as well because if you think about well, number one, her career tra- trajectory, obviously Wednesday oh. shot her into the stratosphere but yeah. she's also like, you know, no shy of like horror films. You know, we talked about her before doing X, Babysitter, like, you know, obviously past Scream films. And she's so. not just an actress that shows up. Like, I mean, we've heard this not just on the Scream films, but like especially on Wednesday. I mean, right. she comes in with a producer mindset and is going, yeah. this doesn't make sense, not just for the character, but this but doesn't the, make sense yeah. in terms of the story, right. like in general. Yeah. And so like my, sorry, my prediction is that essentially with her obviously being the better actor, kind of being like a little bit more in the in the spotlight because she's kind of becoming A-list now. And Melissa Barrera, who like, you know, kind of seems like maybe, I want to say like up and coming, but... She's she, a decent actress. Yeah. I just don't think this like, is her niche. Yeah, so like, like I feel like they're going to essentially take... Well, based, especially with like the ending of Scream 6, the way they ended it, I think the next one, Scream 7, they're going to have Sam be the killer and... Jenna Ortega's Tara is going to be Ooh. the new final girl. I think she's going to have to kill her sister. That's going to be like the final thing. Because that they, could be wild. I could be. They, yeah, they continue to do a hint at it because obviously in Scream Five we have her hallucinating Billy Loomis, basically telling her these like things that she should be killing people, and she's like, "No, I can't listen to you, Billy." And then in Scream Six, you know, she like fulfills a lot of it. Like she even talks to her therapist. She was like, "I actually really liked it when I got to like kill Richie and I think what's the other girl's name, Amber or whatever." Oh, yeah, yeah. End. and she's like i really enjoyed it and then obviously when she um kills detective bailey she stabs him like 23 times <laughs> and like psychotic and then she there's kind of like almost like a that moment of hesitation when she's holding um her father's mask at the end where she's like do i keep this and i think it hints at like is she going to become the next ghost face yeah. so i feel like they're going to build the franchise around jenna i i i think it would make sense because she can carry it a hundred percent. And I think she will breathe new life into the franchise in a way that I don't think Melissa Barrera can. And that's not yeah. her fault. It's just, yeah. I think that Jenna Ortega is a force. And mm-hmm. really, especially in the in in this horror genre, mm-hmm. really understands what audiences want and understand what makes sense in terms of filmmaking. And not just from an yes. acting perspective, but a directing and a producing perspective as well. Yeah. So, and I... I think I mean, that should be paid for. Like, if you're going to pay anyone to do that role. Melissa is just... We, I said this in the last one that we reviewed. She just said a little one note. Like, she just tends to be, like, panicked the entire time. Yeah. Very react, like, like Yes, very reactive. Reactive. Like, yes. not... Yeah, I mean... She's just upset the entire time. Like, there's never, like... There's never, like, levels to her emotion. Mm-hmm. She's kind of, like, at one speed. And I think that's what makes it difficult to, again, build it around her versus, like, Nev Campbell was, like, Jenna, where she 
brought so much more nuance to the role where she could have those like sweet, innocent, casual moments and uh, but then still like be badass, but then still be really vulnerable. And even have those comedic moments. Yes. You know, for I mean, sure. yeah. So I, I that's mm-hmm. interesting. I, I like that theory. We're going to because we'll yeah, definitely we'll be see. reviewing. Screams out, Screams out when it comes out, whenever it comes out. Uh, let's move on to quotes. So, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff here. It's always hard. I, I hate having to watch in theaters because I don't have one of those cool light up notebooks. And I always feel weird about bringing out my phone <laughs> and taking notes. But looked up a few and kind of remembered a few here. But what are some of your favorites, Jane? Oh, my God. Um, I, I did love when Jason, who is our fake out killer in the very beginning, he's getting killed by Ghostface. And he's like, we have to finish the movie. And then Ghostface is like, who gives a fuck about movies? Which is like one of the first times that really the, the Ghostface killer is like not motivated by film. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. I really liked uh, it's one of the end scenes where I believe it's um, not Sam. Uh, what can I think? It is Sam. Yeah. Who is killing one of the brothers because she's talking about killing Richie from one of the other. Shows. Oh, yeah. And, she goes, yeah. So Ethan. and he goes, he was a limp dick little fuck who cried when I slit his throat. And we'd already learned that the other killer was a virgin. He goes, now you can die a virgin. And I'm like, oh. Yes. Yeah. No, that was fan-fucking-tastic. Um, I also loved when uh, Mindy like, realizes who the killers are finally. And she's like, I got it wrong again. She's like, fuck this franchise. Because <laughs> she keeps trying to predict the killers, but she keeps getting it wrong. Also, the little quips, like, uh, uh, later on in that scene, where there was uh, Sam confronts Mindy, and she's like, they, they all have revealed at this point, obviously, who all the killers are. Mm-hmm. And Sam goes to Mindy, and she goes, looks like you're down another brother. <laughs> I yes. was like, oh, oh that was got so her. good. That was so good. I love when, um, also, again, like, Mindy had some really great, great quotes in this movie. Um, but it was, like, at the very end, so she comes... By the way, also, this should have been in trash, but, like, she somehow was able to, like, leave the hospital. And she makes this joke where she's like, I'm on a lot of drugs. But I'm like, girly, you are not leaving the fucking hospital. No. Um, but she, like, runs in and then she's, like, realizes, like, everything's complete. She's like, I missed the monologue again? Like, <laughs> the killer's monologue. Also, uh, what is it? Tara uh, punches Gail in the face at one point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's, like, a little exchange later on when they're making up. And she goes, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I punched you in the face. And Gail's like, you're not actually sorry, are you? Tara goes no, no, <laughs> no, no. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. There's uh, another one, too, where Gail and Kirby meet up for the first oh time. Oh, my God. And then Gail looks at Kirby, and she's like, when did the feds start recruiting kids? And Kirby's like, I'm 30. I'm 30. That yeah. was so good. And then Gail's like, you look like a zygote. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I felt that in my soul because I'm like, obviously, like, I'm 32, and I feel like this happens uh, constantly to me. Are millennials in general just aging better than past generations? Yeah. Because I get that sometimes. Like, I don't know if it's aging better, but it's, I think, like, because we're in a different, like, state of mind. So we tend to dress differently. I feel maybe. like, yeah, like, I feel like older generations tend to start aging themselves with clothing and hair and makeup versus, like, we will still dress very youthful. Because, like, I still, like, I remember when I was, like, a teenager and I saw a 30-year-old and I was like, holy fuck, like, that's, that's an old person. And now, like... I still get by people my age or younger, even me who has gray hair, they're like, oh, what are you like, uh, 20, 20, 30? And I'm like, but you're almost fucking, fo- like, I'm a couple of years away from fucking 40. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and they're like, oh, really? Yeah, people yeah, think you're I'm a child. Like, and you're like, yeah. no, I'm not a fucking child. Yeah. Like, I get no. early 20s all the, all the time, which, like, 
kind of seems like a compliment, but also like it undermines like my yeah. knowledge and authority and just like, like you're just a kid and you're like, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm like, I, I'm a full grown adult. I, 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 have, I, have I pay my bills. Yeah. I, I've been, yeah, I've been in my career for nine years and I've been working and doing more of that for long. But, Fucking boomers. Um, uh, anything else before we give our rating, Jade? Um, yeah, there was just like two moments that I thought were really funny. The quotes that like what they lent themselves to. So one was like when the Ghostface killer isn't gail's apartment he just like disposes of the boyfriend like it's nothing and gail also is just like so flippant so ghostface is like i'm sorry about your boyfriend all those muscles didn't help him and gail's like they sure didn't i was like bitch your boyfriend just died it was thrown through a window she's unfucking phased man unfazed and then there was another one that like also made no sense to me when sam is like uh finally about to kill detective bailey and she's like my father was a murderer, and I'm better than that. But you did fuck with our family, so... And starts killing with them. I was like, what do you mean you're better than that? Yeah. You killed you're, Richie, and then yeah. you just killed two other people. What do you mean you're better than to you're not the, kill him? Yeah, you're the same. You're, you're the same. You already did it, Yeah, babe. Like, what? I literally, <laughs> babe, babe. I literally was like, um... What are you? What are you talking about? What is this tr- little speech you're trying to give about being a better person? Uh, no, this is why Jenna Ortega is going to take over the franchise. Yeah, this is because she either would have said that, that doesn't make any fucking sense, sense. <laughs> or she would deliver it better. I imagine. <laughs> I could go off on a tangent. Yeah, I imagine being a writer giving new pages to fucking Jenna is like a terrifying experience. You're like, here I have some new lines, and you're like, yeah. fuck, Jenna? fuck, and she's yeah. like, this is. Garbage. She's fucking redlines everything. Red lines what the fuck everything. is this? She's like, I have some rewrites actually. The writers are like, it's her fifth day, no sleep. I feel like, you know, there's like five chairs in a writer's room and there's five writers. And yeah. like, she's just like, do you mind if I sit here? And you're yeah. like, oh, do you need oh, a chair? And she goes, no. The, that's this Greg's seat. seat? <laughs> uh, oh. She just fucking sits down. Craig is sitting out and you're like, you're just standing. Yeah, like, I guess yeah, I'll stand. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks like you fucking will, Craig. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Um, well, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I do have some fun facts. Oh, yes. Let's, let's get movie. to that. Yeah, of course. Um, so, obviously, we already talked about that um, this is the first role for Hans Panettiere in, like, five years and, like, Kirby coming back. Well, funny enough, with Courtney Cox, this is the first time that her character, Gail, has spoken to the killer on the phone. So, every other movie. Interesting. Yeah. He, like, Ghostface usually calls, like most of the characters that they're either going to attack or kill and all the franchises or all the films gail has never actually spoke to the killer on the phone and they mentioned that i don't know why i didn't movie. know that like i just i i guess just yeah. her being in the franchise for so long i assumed at one point that it happened yeah no um and her and the voice who is uh roger jackson so he does all the ghost face voices so it's not even like a voice modulator that's just roger jackson really yes didn't know that either for some reason. I just assumed there was a voice modulator no, that made everyone sound like that. It's the same guy. Wow. Doing wild. it every time. But yeah, so they're actually the only two who have been now in all six films. Wild. Yeah. And what's going to happen when. I didn't, that being a real voice blows my mind. Like, what happens when Roger, like, they're kicks just going to fake it to oh, make it sound like him? Yeah. That's going to be sad. I know. Oh. I know. Um, but yeah, so, and then of course we talked about how Nev Campbell's not in this film. Apparently there were some salary negotiation issues. So they had, the writers had actually written the film around Sydney a lot. S- salary negotiations, like, you know that Scream 6 is going to make a bajillion fucking dollars, right? Like, you know, like how much possibly, cause even if she was asking 10 mil for the yeah. whole movie, who gives a fuck? Just pay it. Just yeah. pay the money because you're going to make it back. Get I don't know. Dumb. Yeah. Dumb. I have no idea. A part of me almost kind of feels like they didn't back down because they almost 
maybe didn't want to like almost like make this like a refresh yeah. and like leave Nev out. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that makes yeah. sense. I mean, I assume that I didn't know that they were actually in negotiations for salary when you know we were talking You're about like, this. Yeah, I just, just thought she had been written out because we're in a new, yeah, we're yeah. in a new franchise. Yeah. So, I mean, that does open the door that, that there's a possibility that Sydney could come back if they, I guess, decided, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, I did think that it was interesting that, that so this takes place during Halloween. So they're, everyone is in costume yeah. um, pretty much, which, by the way, the licensing for that has been insane. Um, <laughs> well, I imagine that the studio might own a couple of so those characters. They do. So they own like, so uh, some ones that are mentioned is like Last House on the Left, Nightmare on Elm Street, Shocker, Vampire in Brooklyn. But what's even funnier is some of the actors in the film, they use characters from their movies. So... Um, oh, there was a Wednesday. I remember. So there's a, yeah, there was a Wednesday, Wednesday Adams. There's Grace from Ready or Not, which Samara Wiley, or not Samara Wiley, oh my God, Samara Weaver. Yes. Um, who's in this film, played in Ready or Not. There's also a Mojo Jojo character. So that's Roger Jackson. He voices Mojo Jojo from oh. Powerpuff Girls. So they used, it was 200 costumes were used in the film. And they had, it was, they call it a 25-75 rule. So about 25% of the costumes are creepy and the other 75% get progressively worse. So as more and more people <laughs> die in the film, the, the, the costumes that you start to see in the background are scarier and scarier and oh. scarier. Yeah. Um, this is why Scream is so good. Like this Scream, is, this is they're, they're, they're so the, smart. The attention to detail. That's really what it yes. is that makes this movie so smart. And then there's like a clever little call out too. So obviously Wes Craven is the original writer and creator of Scream. Um, he has now passed. So... The bodega that they go to in New York, um, where they're they get attacked, is called Abe's Snake, and this is a reference to a um, pseudonym that Wes Craven would use when he used to direct adult films in the seventies. Wild. So he called himself Abe Snake. Um, <laughs> so this is like just like a fun little like callback, and then also this is the first screen movie to feature a simultaneous killing by the two killers so normally oh. even though it's revealed to have two killers they never kill someone at the same time they always run off to do a separate killing this is the first time they saw a simultaneous kill and as well as the signature wiping of the blade so we saw that scene with quinn and ethan where like they just um stab chad and they like do the blade wipe together so like yeah nice nice yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah and then it's funny, so um, also the movie at the very end of Richie Kirch that he made, so it's like that home movie that they're yeah. like watching, Jack Quaid actually did film those and he voiced all of it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. So yeah. they got him back to just do that little little, little bit. Uh, home movie thing. Little home movie thing. But yeah, nice. I thought that was fun. Well, Jade, it's come time. Where, yeah. where do you rate this film? You know what? This is a treasure for me. At first I was going to say Jim, but... This is good. This I, is interesting. I would watch this whole. I would watch this again. Yeah. You, you know what's going to be surprising for you, Jade, is I was I was recounting which Scream movies I'd actually seen before. I don't think I've ever seen Scream Four. What? I don't think. No, seriously. Like I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I saw five. We saw five together. We saw yep. six. I seen one, two, three. Mm -hmm. Like vaguely remembered two and three. I don't remember really what opinions I had oh, of them, oh my but. God. Definitely didn't see four. Like, what? yeah, yeah, wow. It's I got, need to go back and watch it. It's got a Culkin in it. Oh, does it? Which one? It's Rory. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. How did I know yeah, it was yeah. Rory immediately? Yeah. Like, it's like Hayden Panettiere, <laughs> Emma Roberts, Rory Culkin. I was like, that feels like a Rory Culkin fucking movie. Yeah, which, like, 
This is like not really a spoiler. <laughs> How is Macaulay allegedly the most unhinged of all the McCulkins when you have fucking Rory? Like, how is he not the, the most Culkin unhinged? The brothers are just their own level, you know? They're just. There's Culkin level. Like. Go, yeah, when you reach Culkin level. Wild. Well, yeah. you heard it here. It was Scream 6, tr- unanimous treasure. Mm-hmm. It's in theaters now. That was our review of Scream 6. Go see it in theaters. Hello. Let's play a game. You know you're like the 10th guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gail. (laughs) I'm something... different. That's why I'm gonna shoot you in the head. Once again, our movie was Scream 6. It's streaming now in theaters. And uh, Jade, how long do you think we're going to have to wait till uh, Scream 7? year? Two years? Probably a year. They get these things turned around quick. But what about, I mean, I'm just thinking about Jenna Ortega's schedule now. Like, I feel like she's in fucking everything. Oh, yeah, with her doing another season of Wednesday. It might be hard to to get her down. Gotta so. lock her up before they, uh, you know, do another. Gotta make her sign those contracts yeah, real they, quick. Nev Campbell, uh, the situation here. Poor Nev Campbell. No, uh, solidarity. Always more money, even if yes. you're a rich fuck like Nev Campbell. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jade, you know, uh, another movie, uh, I think you watched this as well, that I saw a documentary that I thought had to be had to be good because of the source material, right? It's mm-hmm. new documentary on Netflix called Money Shot. It's the Pornhub story. Oh, yes. You would think, like, the most popular, what is it? I think they said in the documentary, seventh most visited site in the world. Yes. Like, something like yeah. that. Like, it's it just prints money because it's the most, because everyone watches porn, right? Like, right, everyone. yeah. You would think that film, I was I was expecting. So this is what I was expecting going in. My expectations were high. I was like, they're probably going to get the founders. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to get maybe, you know, I'm sure they'll have an ex-employee or something like that, which course, they did. yeah. And, you know, of course, they're going to be interviewing all these porn actresses or like actors even because it's a story about porn. And I was a little unsure. Jay, the movie went in like six different, the documentary went in six different directions. It it had no resolution. No. And it had no real insider knowledge from anyone important. Barely. Josh, okay. Oh, you're, oh, wow. You are, I did not expect you to get (laughs) I express this when we watch the film. This is how you could tell that they had literally nothing to go off of because they kept filming the fucking exterior of the building of the headquarters of the office. And by the way, it's just a glass building. They just kept going back to that shot. And at one point they had like this spy shot of them like zooming in on like the front entry of some random guy who's like, you know, in a face mask, who's just like doing his job, milling about the lobby. And they're just like, Jim. Pretty sure that Film. was the custodian because yes. he was like sweeping at one point. And I'm like, yes. what What are They're we like showing? Filming fucking nothing. And I was like, why do we keep going back to this shot at the exterior of the building? And I was like, it's because they literally have nothing. They have like, I think like two ex-employees who had very small, small, small positions in, yes. uh, at the company. So they can only give us like, as like one HR rep who was there for a very short period of time. And then one woman who I'm not even really sure what her job was. I think she was a writer and a 
talent acquisition person. Talent, some, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. I think she was point. there for like a, a year or two or something. Yeah. She was there for like a significant, a decent amount of time. But then like, yeah, and then the other like adult film stars that they had were kind of relatively unknown. And then they spent way too much time with that one adult film star. I was like, are we just watching her do porn now? Is that well, what this y- is? You know what's surprising about that? Like, I didn't expect this to be a porno, but I was like, oh, this is, this could get a little like, Racy, yeah. I, there were more explicit scenes in Game of Thrones than in this documentary. Like honestly, like yeah. there was nothing, and not that I expected, but I'm like, you're doing a yeah. fucking documentary about well, porn. And like, then it was like they didn't, like I said, they didn't know where the story wanted to go. So like they barely gave us any backstory on how the company was created or how it how it came to be. They told us like it was owned by a larger um, corporation, and that they gave us like the, the the nuts and bolts, right, like the basics. But they didn't give us like the true like need of it no and the thing of it is like didn't even like you said no but no real background or dive into the story and really the whole focus kind of sort of but then they deviated away from it was the scandal they had several years ago where essentially they had problems with credit card processors that changed the whole industry and they had to dump a ton of which was probably a good thing a lot of user-generated porn because yes of all the issues with, remember, there People was like revenge like, porn, yeah, there was underage. underage, there was, and it wasn't there was being, a sexual assault. It wasn't being monitored pr- yeah. correctly, much like, you know, social media sites do. Yes. So that was, you know, a good thing, but like, that wasn't even the focus really of the documentary. It didn't know where no, it wanted exactly. to go. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, there was no story. Like, they didn't know how to frame it and they didn't know how to build upon like like that's what you said like there's like basically like no ending because you get there and you're like the what was this about dude i think this this could have if it was researched and if you actually had people connected to the story that you could have gotten to speak out i was expecting this to be something that would have been oscar like or potentially golden globe worthy of winning something i mean something this is going to be something that gets buried in netflix because it's it's horrible no it's, it's horrible not good like yeah they didn't know you can't make a documentary about the seventh most popular website in the entire world and have especially it be that pile something of garbage. that's has changed the game in the porn it's industry like the internet period yes, exactly <laughs> so i'm like that's a massive story and like again it's like they keep touching on things but they never quite delve into it and they never do it correctly so it's just like like and also it's like the shots that they used were weird the cuts they used were weird like there could have been really cool infographics storytelling was weak like i love a good documentary there are plenty of great documentaries on netflix on all the streaming platforms this is just piss poor storytelling You you know which ones are done really well with less story was the Pepsi Where's My Jet? Oh, uh, Eat the Rich, the GameStop saga. Yeah. What right? about the uh, the uh, theme park one? What was that? Oh, Class Action, Class Action park, park, which is not a Netflix documentary, but still, but still documentary. That one, that one's incredible. Fucking, I will tell everyone. How did that. that? How did that win more awards? That was that it was fucking amazing. That was great. It made me want to go to that park. I, I was like, God damn. God, I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't go to any of the rides, but I would totally go check out yes, the park. No, yeah. 100%. I yeah. wouldn't ride any of the rides. The, for the loop-de-loop sure. fucking slide where the people's teeth get stuck. In the, oh, my God. Fucking wild. Wild. <laughs> the boats are, like, catching wild. on fire. It just explains a lot about Gen X. Like, and, yeah. 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 It just, yeah, forgotten it really generation. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what they were doing. That's what they, <laughs> that's yeah. what they were fucking doing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Jade, uh, we were looking through uh, all of the great selections, and... Jade, what is our next film that we're going to be reviewing next week? So we're going to be watching Furies, uh, which is a Netflix original film that is Vietnamese action film. I've spoken on the podcast before about the film Fury, 
Um, again, Vietnamese action films. This is actually a prequel to that. I'm so, excited. Yeah, it's like 90s Saigon, um, kind of like you crime gonna be lost? I, I haven't seen Fury, so I'm gonna, am I going to be lost watching Furies? Not at all. Oh, perfect. I Not love at it. all. Because lo- completely different plot. It's just basically in the movie Fury, the, one, like, the woman who I'm guessing – She's going to be one of the characters in this. She used to run a crime syndicate, and then she decided after she got pregnant, she want, she ran away to like raise her daughter in a quiet life. And basically, someone kidnaps her daughter, and she goes on a fucking rampage to get her back. It's just love incredible. It. Yeah, I I love great. I mean, is, is this is this too generic? Like Asian action movies. Like there's something about them that yeah. are just completely different. I mean, Vietnamese, it's especially their fight Korean. Choreography is oh, leagues so above. Yeah, good. Like so yeah. good. It makes me. I'm just like I'm always pumped when I see it. I'm like, Same. Mm, it's like John Wick on crack. Yeah, oh, which yeah. is saying something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also it comes out pretty soon, right? Yeah. Is, is it already com- out? Is it out now? I can't. Uh, when does it come out? The thirty. Is think- it thirty first? It comes up soon. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, our movie next week will be Furies. It's streaming now on Netflix. Our, I think our only second 2023 movie of the entire year so far. Oh, my God. I think it is. Yeah. Wow. Well, we'll have our note people check that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, where can folks find us between now and next week? You guys can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are Our Taste is Trash. You can also find us on our website, OurTasteIsTrash.com. We'll see you next week to get ourselves a treat